Today's scripture is from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she just grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with the people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha koam, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Thank you, Shannon. This is two stories that are kind of woven together. In the, in the biz, we have a technical name for this. Margaret, do you remember what it's called? No, you're an expert on this stuff. <laughs> we call this a Markin frame, right? Mark has this, Mark has this wonderful device that he gives us in that he'll take a story and he'll start to tell this story and in the middle of it he'll tell a completely different story and then he'll finally finish the story he had begun earlier and this is one of those things and what mark is trying to do is to say these stories are woven together because they help they they connect to each other in some way the message is really not understood unless you grab both of those stories together. 
And that's important because these are two very different stories. Very different situations. Here we have Jesus coming along and Jairus, who, uh, who is a well-known, well-respected, well-loved individual in the community. I am speculating, but I have no doubt. Uh, the fact, in, in fact, I suggest to you that Mark used his name because everyone knew what a great guy Jarius might have been, right? Like maybe people already knew this guy or knew of him, right? But he is a leader in the Jewish community, well respected. Not a leader like, not a little humble preacher like me, but someone part of a big, you know, someone who had a big name, right? Someone. You know, the Billy Graham or something. I don't know. He was, <laughs> he was, he was a big wig in the neighborhood. And here he comes. Uh, and we are told in Mark that he throws himself down on the floor in front of Jesus, begging him to come and save his Talitha, his little girl. Begging him like any, any father would. Amen? Like any father would. He, he set aside his own dignity and threw himself to the ground and begged this street preacher who healed the lepers, who hung out with lepers and prostitutes, uh, and begged him to come heal his daughter. A man of great faith. And then we have this woman who is, has had a blood issue going on for 12 years. For 12 years. And this woman spent all of her money to try and find resolution and was not able to get help. How desperate. How frustrating how at the end of her rope she must have been, how tired, how alone she must have felt. And the fact that she was having this particular kind of issue meant that people were not allowed to touch her. She was not allowed to be in certain places. She was unclean, she was untouchable, and now that she spent all of her money, she was poor. And she boldly burst into this crowd and thought to herself, I'm just going to quietly touch his robe and sneak away. And hopefully no one will notice. No one will see me. And maybe I can get away with it. I'll just quietly do this. Now when Jarius' daughter, when they come, they come and get Jarius and they say, uh, your daughter has passed. I just let's let's leave this street preacher alone and just go back and do our mourning. But Jesus says, "No, no, no, no." And he goes back, and people are they back in the day. If you were a person of means, you hired some people to wail for you. I think I think I want that at my funeral. To be honest, I'm gonna. So you know, I'm taking auditions, but I think this sounds great. You can get someone to wail a little bit, fall on the floor. I'd like that myself. Uh, you know, in, in addition to Carly Simon singing "Nobody Does It Better," 
<laughs> Those things I would like. Someone write this down. That's what I want at my funeral. <laughs> uh, those things but they would hire people to wail and to, to cry and actually the, the purpose of this or one of the, the practical effect of this is that everyone in the neighborhood knew that someone had passed away right? that was, was kind of what that's about really and so people are wailing uh, in grief and Jesus comes in and tells them hey what are you, what are you all wailing about just calm down this, this girl is just sleeping I'm going to go take care of this and they laugh at him. But Jesus does a strange thing here. He sends everybody away. Everyone get out of here. And he takes mom and dad and a couple of disciples and they go in a quiet bunch and he quietly uh, resuscitates this little girl. Talitha Kum. Little girl, get up. And she gets up and starts walking around. She's 12 years old. So I think this is interesting. The, the, you know, when you see this in the Bible, it's, you should pay attention to it. It's kind of interesting. So she's been alive. She was alive. She was born the, one, the year this woman started having her issue. Interesting. 12 years she's had this problem. 12 years old, this little girl. 12 tribes, 12 disciples. You do the math. So it's, it's interesting, I think. But he does this in secret. He does this in the quiet. He doesn't draw a lot of attention. In fact, he tells them, don't go telling people about this. In, in the biz, we call this the, the messianic secret. Right? The, the Jesus, Jesus tends to eschew all the attention on his messiahship. And he, he keeps it quiet. Not so for the woman with the issue. Right? The woman with the issue, he calls her out. She was trying to be quiet. She was trying to just do it. She didn't want, she's not there to make trouble. Right? Unlike some. She's, <laughs> she's not there to make trouble. She just wanted to quietly reach in there, touch the robe, and then go about her business. <laughs> Maybe if I just touch his robe quietly. And, but Jesus is having none of that. Wait a minute, who, who touched me? To which his disciples say, what do you mean? Everybody's touching you. We, we, we can't even get through this crowd. Everyone's touching me. They're touching you. It's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> what do you, everyone's touching you. He says, no, 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 no. Someone, someone touched me. And the, the woman kind of sheepishly raises her hand. Well, I, you know, I thought that I'd be healed, you know, if I just touch you. And he calls her out and says, this woman, the whole crowd is there, hundreds of people. This, I want you to look at this woman. This woman who has had this problem, her faith has healed her. Everybody look at her. I know that, that this congregation is full of people who would hate that, right? Whenever I try to get people to come forward to join the church, it's always this, it's always this thing of, uh, do I have to get up in front of everybody? But, and she was like that. She didn't want that. But Jesus says, this woman, I want you to look at her. Stand up. <laughs> this woman right here. She is commended for her faith. This is Jesus talking to us about the kingdom of God. Amen? 
This is Jesus demonstrating for us how it works on a practical level. How do we turn the world of Rome? How do we turn the world of Babylon? How do we turn the world of Pharaoh's Egypt? How do we turn the world of hate and ugliness and and divisiveness and all the racisms and sexisms and isms all over the place? How do we change that world? How do we transform it into the kingdom of God? We humble the high and mighty and we lift up the low and left out. Amen? Can you see it? Can you see it? We, we humble the high and mighty. Jairus is a good guy. No one begrudges him that. He's a good guy. But he was a guy of authority. And one of the things that we see in this is Jarius abdicates his authority over to Jesus and says, Lord, and he gets down on the floor, I need you to heal my daughter. And he abdicates his authority and Jesus quietly responds to his needs. Because he didn't need any more attention. He didn't need lifting up anymore in the eyes of the world. Unlike this humble woman who had been forgotten, who had been left out, who time after time after time had been told, I've done everything I can. I can't do anymore. Who was told she can't be touched. Who was told you are unclean. Another way of saying that is you are dirty. Jesus lifts her up as a hero of faith. This woman's faith. We all ought to look at that and admire that woman's faith. He calls her out and lifts her up. This is how we transform the world. We who enjoy a place of privilege, we who enjoy a place of dominance in culture, we who enjoy a place of affluence, we who, because of random circumstance, can have chance after chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, we are called to be like Jairus. To lie down in front of Christ and say, you are in charge. May I be pushed to the side so that I can see the kingdom of God revealed. Help me to be humble. Help me to be quiet. Help me to listen. And we need to leave room for those who have been left out, who have been marginalized, who have been kicked to the curb, who have been downtrodden and pulled down and kept down. We've got to allow Jesus to raise them up. And if there's any part our power may play, it's in giving voice to the voiceless. Not speaking for them, 
We, sometimes we do that, right? Sometimes we do that. We want to speak for them. But it's really our job to give voice to the voiceless and to lift up those who need to be lifted up. I also want to make the observation what these two have in common is they are two lovers of Jesus who are filled with faith, who needed something, and who received something. Right? It's not that Jesus doesn't like people in dominant culture. <laughs> it doesn't mean people... Don't, you know, Jesus... Uh, I had a friend of mine that was called to a church in Marin County. We used to make fun of him for that. That's the richest county in the United States, Marin County. I used to make fun of him a lot. And he used to say, well, you know, rich people need Jesus too. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Rich people need Jesus too. But I'll tell you what, their encounter with Jesus will be a little different than those who come from the, the woman with the issue side of the coin. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, what Jesus calls us to is a place of healing. Is the kingdom of God where finally we all receive enough. At the end of the day, we all get what we need. Amen? We all receive, we all return to wholeness. We all gain that which had been lost. And what that is, is that deep-rooted communion with God and communion with all God's children together. It's an amazing picture Jesus paints for us, but one that takes a lot of work. Particularly for those of us who, who experience and enjoy a high place in culture and in society. Particularly difficult for us to sit down and shut up and listen. But i got to say, it's hard, too, for those who have been struggling and fighting like this woman for years. Struggling and fighting and hanging in there and keep going until finally she got what she needed. Healing and a little attention <laughs> she didn't know she needed. It is my prayer that as we hear the Gospel, the good news, that we receive it not only as something that feeds us, but also as something that challenges us. Jesus paints a picture of the way the world ought to be. The way God created it to be. The way it would be if Caesar were not king. The way it would be if God were king. It's my prayer that as we hear the Gospel, we will receive that challenge as a blessing and we will take up that cross and carry it forward and live out this kingdom of God that we have been called to. Amen? Let us pray. Great and loving God, a God who at once 
humbles us and yet lifts us up. A God who takes down those who sit in high places and lifts up those who have been made low. A God who in both circumstances is filled with love for all of us. We come to You and we thank You for this message that comes to us from Mark calling us to a a vision of what the Kingdom of God is like, of what the world ought to be like. May we be ambassadors of that world carrying Uh, carrying that experience forward and living it out that we might change this world. We ask for Your guidance and Your strength. We ask that when we need to be humbled, that You would humble us. And when we need to be lifted up, that You lift us up. But we ask that in all circumstances, make us whole. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.